0: This is the TNT College Football Podcast. Hello everyone, welcome back to the very next episode of the TNT College Football Podcast. I'm your host, Bobby Wilson. Glad to be back on um, a late Tuesday night here um, with some more great topics to discuss. uh, Heading into uh, mid-June now, we're in the 70 in the 70s day I believe I saw 75 or 76 today until week zero starts. So We're getting there Slowly, but surely we're getting there and I know we're all getting antsy and excited for the upcoming season and for things to kick off So uh, on today's show i'm going to discuss <clears throat> My coaches corner segment i'm going to discuss rhett lashley the new head coach at smu um then in my armchair quarterback segment i'm going to talk about the mountain west some really really talented guys in that conference uh, going to talk about uh yukon and some interesting things today um for yukon the athletic department and everything uh, in a whole um then uh some questions that i got uh most underrated qbs um, i have a pretty lengthy list probably more than than I intended but as I just went through there's a, there's just a lot of guys who I feel like are under the radar I'll do P5 and then G5 then um, somebody was asking about Army Navy um, I threw Air Force in as well with just service academies kind of my prediction for them I won't go too in-depth into that as I'm going to be starting my program breakdown starting Monday I will be starting in the AAC with Cincinnati and East Carolina the first day so Navy will be up pretty quickly in that, uh, time frame, but I'll, I'll give a little snapshot into those three programs. And then I got to talk about the shots. The shots are hot, uh, six commitments in just a couple days for the coastal Carolina shot to clear. So I'm very, very excited about that. Um, let's go ahead. I'm going to dive into uh, those questions and talk a little bit, uh, A little, a little bit about uh, let's go most underrated quarterbacks. So I I created a pretty lengthy list here, like I said, and I was kind of surprised at uh how long my list actually was. Um, But I'll start off with the. I'm first off gonna say, my number one most underrated quarterback on the national level is. Somebody who is getting some national publicity. Some people are very high on him. Others aren't. Somebody who my avid listeners won't be surprised with what I'm about to say. But Grayson McCall is the most underrated quarterback in the nation. Grayson McCall should be, and I think, I, I won't say he will be because there's the bias that, uh, that exists when it comes to this. But Grayson McCall should be a Heisman finalist this coming year. He's one of the best football players in the country, one of the best quarterbacks in the country, top five quarterback in the country in my opinion. He can make every throw. His accuracy is out of this world. His numbers last year, completion percentage, just unbelievable last year. And, and the crazy part was is he didn't even play – the second half in a handful of games last year, and his numbers were just out of this world. If, he, if you haven't seen Coastal Carolina play, shame on you. First of all, because that that's an issue. You need to get out there and you need to see them need to see them play. He is a surefire NFL draft pick, and in my opinion, he should be a first-round draft pick next year. But I know that bias exists out there. So I I have to start with that. He is the most underrated quarterback in the country from a national perspective. Now I'm going to go into – I'm going to do Power 5 quarterbacks first. One of the guys that I think is extremely underrated from a national perspective is Phil Djokovic from Boston College. I was very, very high on him and the BC team heading into last season. Their schedule set up pretty well last year. Unfortunately, he got hurt early on in the season – and they only ended up going, I think they went 6-6 six and six and went to a bowl game. Or were going to go to a bowl game and COVID or wh- whatever it may be. But in the games he played last year, I'm almost certain that they were 5-1. and one. Where they were 1-5, and five, I believe, and the others 6. So I, I, I'm a firm believer of him as a quarterback and what he can bring to the table for Boston College. I think Boston College is a sleeper in the ACC and nationally for that matter. Now their schedule is m- much more difficult this season than it was last year, but nonetheless, very, very high on him. Another guy who I think is underrated um, from a national perspective. I think he's getting more, more, more publicity as we get closer to the season. But it's Malik Cunningham at Louisville. Malik Cunningham, in my opinion, is a poor man's Lamar Jackson. His running ability and escapability as a quarterback is second to none in college football. And he might, he's probably, he is a better passer than Lamar Jackson, I'll say. I think Malik Cunningham is going to have a fantastic year this year, and Louisville is also a sleeper in the ACC. The next guy I'm going to say, another ACC guy, is a guy who people talk about, but I believe if this guy was at Ohio State, or Alabama or Clemson or USC, you name the power five. He would be a Heisman finalist and he'd be up there in the debate as the best quarterback in college football. And it's Sam Hartman at Wake Forest. I I love Sam Hartman. I think he is such a fantastic quarterback. And if he would have if he would have came out in the draft this year, I think he would have been one of the top quarterbacks picked. I, I I thought he was tremendous last year. And, and good for him that he's coming back because Wake Forest is on pace to have a tremendous season again this year because of him and a ton of other pieces that they have back. But I, I'll stand by the fact that I think if he was at one of the marquee Blue Blood programs, that that he would, he would be like we talk about Bryce Young, like we talk about C.J. Stroud, like we talk about Caleb Williams. And and those guys, I think we would really talk about him that much and how how great of a player he is. Uh, Another guy from the power five standpoint, Peyton Thorne at Michigan State is a is a heck of a lot better than people will give him credit for too. Um,
1: Had a really really good
0: season last year for Michigan State. Michigan State couldn't run the ball very well last year, which is which is mind blowing for their standards and for what they produce every year, but. He was able to do really, really well last year. and He almost carried the team, carried the offense at times, which from a national perspective didn't get talked about as much. Uh, another Big Ten guy, Tanner Morgan from Minnesota. I think if he plays consistently and reverts back to his uh, 2020 form when he had Rashad Bateman I think that, they, that the Minnesota is the best team in the Big Ten West. Now, if he plays like he played last year with some inconsistency, then they're just going to be they'll – be, they'll be fighting for the Big Ten West, but Wisconsin and Iowa will probably be the ones getting it. But it comes down to him. If he plays to the level he can play at, then he can do some really good things, and so can Minnesota. So that's why I put him on this list. Another guy from the Big Ten who doesn't get a much much notoriety, Aiden O'Connell from Purdue. He's the second best quarterback in the Big Ten, honestly. If, if we're going by looking at who's coming into this season this year. Now JJ McCarthy, if he's the starter in Michigan, has that wow factor who can flip that around. But we'll find out we'll really find out how good of a quarterback Aiden O'Connell is this season. Since they lost their top guys Now they just got a big transfer from Central Michigan Who's really going to help them But uh, nonetheless um, next, The final guy that I have from The P5 is Cam Rising at Utah He's another guy who's starting to get The notoriety that he deserves But if it wasn't for him And his play last year I mean that Utah defense was unbelievable But he Was such a great leader For that offense and he really Took them over the hump last year. And I think he's going to continue to do that. Um, So I think he's another guy that needs to be talked about a little more. Now for the G5, I have a ton of guys listed. I, I I have almost the entire American athletic conference listed. There are some really, really good quarterbacks in that conference. But, of course, I already talked about Grayson McCall. But I think the next guy you have to talk about, who is getting more publicity nationally. And who I will talk about later in my armchair quarterback segment as well is Jake Hayner out of Fresno state. Now Jake Hayner is another one of those guys. He almost went to, uh, he almost went to Washington, almost followed his head coach to Washington. Now he originally was at Washington and then transferred to Fresno state, but Jake Hayner is unbelievably talented. Oh, threw for over 4,000 yards last year. I mean, he's a guy that if, if you haven't seen him play, you need to see him play because he's an NFL starter in the future. Um, Like I said, I got over half of the American Conference listed. Holton Allers from ECU I think is going to have an unbelievable season. I think he has NFL potential as well. Um, Just really, really solid football player there at the quarterback position. Then Clayton Toon from Houston, another guy who's going to put up fantastic numbers in that offense. Houston is going to have an amazing year this year. Uh, Seth Hennigan from Memphis had a great year last year as a freshman. Did some really good things for them. Uh, Tanner Mordecai from SMU I think is really going to put his name up there on a national stage this year because he He could throw for 5,000 yards in that offense Um, the sky's the limit for him Then the next two guys I put in there because they put up good numbers And I think they need to be talked about a little more Michael Pratt from Tulane and Davis Brin from Tulsa Um, Two really under the radar guys where They need to play well for their programs to have success. Um, We found that out last year with uh, Pratt at Tulane. But Bryn played well, and he took Tulsa to a bowl game. Um, Another guy just transferred in, Jerry Bohannon from South Florida. Got to be talked about. He's, I feel like he should be the starter of Baylor. So (laughs) that just tells you all you need to know there. Uh, Chris Reynolds at Charlotte put up really really good numbers last year now He just needs to take it to the next level and take him to a bowl game, but he's another guy I watched two of their games last year, and I was very very impressed by him Um, One guy that really needs to be talked about more is Frank Harris at UTSA just a tremendous talent I don't know what his future looks like at the next level um, but tremendous dual-threat quarterback in a tremendous offense can they upset Texas this year? They have an extremely tough non-conference schedule. They go to Army, to Texas. I mean, it's, it's going to be tough for them, but they got the guys who can do it. Then a couple Matt guys that I talked about last week in my armchair quarterback segment, but Brett Gabbard at Miami, Ohio. I think he has the highest ceiling of any Matt quarterback, but he'll put up some great numbers there. I think Miami, Ohio has a very good chance. To win the MAC East and the MAC title, um, then DaQuan Finn from Toledo, he's going to put up great numbers. That offense is going to be really, really productive. It's going to come down to can their defense get stops? Uh, Rocky Lombardi at NIU, just his leadership that he provides for that team is second to none. Um, that that team last year was so so young, and with over seventy freshmen and sophomores on the team. But you got a guy like him who's a senior, and now he's a fifth-year grad tra- grad senior. And uh, just tremendous leadership that you're going to get there. Um, three guys from the Mountain West. Three more guys from the Mountain West that I'm going to talk about later in the show. Hank Bachmeyer, Logan Bonner, Braxton Burmeister. Bachmeyer's at uh, Bo- Boise State. Logan Bonner's at Utah State. Braxton Burmeister's at San Diego State. Three guys that really should get some more notoriety. I'll talk about them more in the armchair quarterback segment. And then two more guys from the Sun Belt. Chase Bryce from App State puts up tremendous numbers and a really, really productive offense. They need some new wide receivers to step up, but App State recruits well. They're going to be just fine. Then Darren Granger at Georgia State went into Coastal last year, got a win. He's from Conway, South Carolina, so that was a big – big game for him but he's a guy nationally who I think if Georgia State has the year that they potentially that they potentially could have he's going to be a big reason why um and then I just have to sneak this last one in there uh the super back frank gore junior at southern miss uh, there's no better super back in the nation or ever let's just say that so i mean i know that's a lot of guys probably more than the person that asked me the question was thinking, but I just feel like there's there's a lot of guys that just don't get the notoriety they deserve, and I just wanted to get their names out there because there, there's some there's some really talented quarterbacks this year, and I do, we couldn't say that as much last year as this year. So now I will I will look into let me look into Army, Navy, and Air Force now. Now, like I said, I don't want to give too big of a breakdown into this because I'm going to save that for my program breakdowns. But I'm just going to look at their schedules right now and just see what I think going into it. Now, Navy last year had a very down year for them, 4-8, and 3-5 and five in the conference. Um, their wins last year, they beat UCF, which is a huge win, obviously. obviously they win at tulsa who was a bowl team they won at temple and then they beat army in the army navy game so they beat three bowl teams if you look at it that way Um, they lost they took a beating against marshall took a beating against air force lost at houston only by eight lost to smu by seven lost to cincinnati by seven lost at memphis by 18 got throttled by Notre Dame, lost to East Carolina by three. So, I mean, you look, at <clears throat> the, you look at that and four out of their seven losses are by one score. So, I mean, they're there. I mean, you know, you know what you're going to get from a Navy team. You're going to get disciplined guys who are going to play the right way. Um, but they need – they just have kind of fallen off over the last couple of years and not to the – Level that uh, Ken Niematiolo has had them at in the past, but nonetheless, I I feel like they have the opportunity to turn the corner this year. It'll be interesting to see. Looking at their schedule this season, um, they open up against Delaware, so you would you have to imagine that's going to be a victory. Then they host Memphis. Um, go to East Carolina, go to Air Force, host Tulsa, at SMU, Houston, Temple, at Cincinnati, they get Notre Dame in Baltimore, at UCF, and then they play Army at the end of the year in Philadelphia like they always do. But, I mean, looking at their schedule, I I guess I would project them to win four games, probably a couple conference games. So I kind of see their season going the same way that it went last year, just at a quick glance. Um. Their non-conference schedule I mean it's difficult when you have to play Air Force and Army uh, Every year and then they play Notre Dame so I mean there's Three games every year that are just Difficult And then they sprinkle in the FCS game Against Delaware which is what they need to do But Delaware is not bad so that's They need to not slip up There I think that Memphis game Is going to be big because it It could tell you something like Hey, are they, I don't want to say for real, but do they have a shot this year to be bowl eligible? If they beat Memphis, I think you can say they potentially have a chance. Now, looking at Army at a quick glance, um, last year they went 9-4, one of the biggest wins in, I'm not going to say in program history because they've won national titles and everything back in the day. But... In recent history, one of their biggest wins in their bowl game against SEC foe Missouri on um, a last-second field goal—that—that—that was—I remember watching that game, and that's just such a great moment because I mean, you just root for them. You do. I—I I watched Army play at Wisconsin in person last year, and I was so impressed by, in and, and, and it's not surprising because of who these guys are and what they're going into, but they were so disciplined as a football team and like i said it's not surprising if you know i mean these guys are going in to do things after they graduate that are way more important and way bigger than any than any of us will ever do more important than heck of a lot more important than this podcast that's for sure but you know and i applaud those men for what they do and women but uh Last year, looking at their schedule, they win at Georgia State big. Then um, they beat Western Kentucky by three. That's a good. That was a good win. They beat UConn pretty good. They beat Miami Ohio. Uh, they lost at Ball State by twelve, which that one was a surprising loss. Lost at Wisconsin by six. That game I was at. That was a heck of a game. They lost to Wake Forest in one of the highest scoring games of the season, seventy to fifty six. I mean, just a amazing game. They beat Air Force in overtime in Arlington, Texas. I remember watching that. That was a heck of a game. They throttled Bucknell. They beat UMass pretty good. They won at Liberty pretty big. They had the surprising loss to Navy. Um, Two surprising losses for them at Ball State and then to Navy. Um, But, I mean, they had a couple wins where you're like, wow, that's a really good win, like Western Kentucky and Air Force. And then winning at Liberty the way they did too – then like i said they turn around they won the they won the bowl game against missouri so they end up going 9 and 4 last year so you look look at their schedule going into this year they open up at coastal carolina that's a heck of a game probably one of the best g5 games of the year then they turn around the next week another great g5 game against utsa then they get villanova georgia state at wake colgate ulm air force in arlington texas again at Troy, UConn, at UMass, and they get Navy in Philadelphia. So those first two games at Coastal and UTSA are going to be really good battles. I think they lose at Coastal. I think they beat UTSA. They go to Wake Forest. I think that's a loss. Um, I'm going to put their, I'm put them at 8-4, and four. again, kind of like last year. But, I mean, th- th- there's a potential – I mean, could they get 10 wins? I mean, I, and the, out, of that, out of that schedule, I mean, I think it's possible. I wouldn't blow my mind. So there's that. I mean, I, I think that they're going to be very, very good looking at just at that quick glance at their schedule. Um, then Air Force, another team last year who was really, really good. And I think this year they got a chance to win the Mountain West Mountain Division. I think they have a very legitimate chance, and they had a legitimate chance last year, too. They went 10-3, and won their bowl game against uh, ACC Louisville, so another huge win for them. So looking at their schedule last year, they throttled Lafayette, beat Navy really good. They lost to Utah State by four, crushed Florida Atlantic, won at New Mexico big, beat Wyoming, one at Boise State by a touchdown. They lost to San Diego State by six. Lost to Army in that, uh, in that game in Arlington, Texas, in overtime by seven. Won at Colorado State, won at Nevada in overtime, throttled UNLV. Then, like I said, they beat Louisville in the bowl game. So they went 10-3, and 6-2 and two in the conference with their two conference losses being by four points and six points. So then that Army loss by seven points. So, I mean, all three of their losses are by a touchdown or less. So I mean, this was a team last year that was very close. They returned nine starters on offense, six on defense. They're gonna be really good. So their schedule this year: they got Northern Iowa, Colorado at Wyoming, Nevada, Navy at Utah State at UNLV, Boise State. Then they get Army in Arlington, Texas, and then they get New Mexico, Colorado State, and at San Diego State. Oh man! So I, I'll I'll say they get nine, nine wins. Uh, nine and three, with a very legitimate chance to represent the Mountain West Mountain Division. Um, if they can beat Boise State, I think they have a legitimate chance. Um, again, that's just looking at their schedules. I don't want to go in depth on to into uh, too in depth into the programs as I'm going to be doing the breakdowns, which you can. S- you can get the program breakdowns by following the podcast Twitter account at TNT College Foot One. I'll be breaking, starting Monday, this coming Monday, I'll be breaking down two programs a day leading up to the start of the season in, at the end of August. So it's going to be exciting. Uh, a lot of work going into that. So now I just want to like briefly mention about uh, Coastal Carolina and what they've done in the past two two days six Commitments for the class of 2023 just a huge huge deal there um, for the shots Um, Getting commitments from a defensive lineman from Miami, Florida an offensive lineman from the Atlanta area a linebacker from the Atlanta area, a cornerback from the Atlanta area, a edge rusher from Alabama, and an athlete from the Atlanta area. So they really went into Atlanta hard and took some talented players. Um, one guy in particular, I saw his final three were Memphis, Georgia Tech, and then Coastal. So you're beating out an ACC school to get a guy. Another guy I saw um, had a plethora of P5 offers and chose the shots. So I mean Everybody who knows the listens to this podcast frequently know that I'm a Big coastal Carolina fan. So I just had to briefly mention that because it's exciting to see And just to know that The program is in good hands now you heard a lot of defensive help there They lost a lot on defense this year so that that's the one thing that concerns me going into the year They need a couple wide receivers to step up. Sam Pigney, the transfer from Georgia State, is going to come in and do tremendous for them. They have two great running backs. Obviously have a tremendous quarterback in Grayson McCall, but they lose program-altering linebackers Um, in Gallagher and Silas Kelly. So I mean, those are shoes. I don't know if just one guy, if one guy can fill that position. Just what that, with those guys brought in leadership. Uh, again, I'll get into coastals breakdown when I get to them. But glad to see that they got some much needed help on the defensive side. Obviously, this won't be till twenty twenty three though. So uh, now I want to take a little time to talk about UConn. Uh, everybody who listens to me frequently knows. I have a partnership with the Sidelines UConn account. My friend Michael runs that. Um, we we work together on many things, but we, we have a partnership together and I provide UConn breakdowns for every game during the season um, and talk about them on my show. Um, I've become a big UConn fan because of that. And today UConn um, self-reported 15 different violations um, very, very minimal, very small violations that happen in every program. I mean, one of the violations was one of the football coaches, uh, sub-tweeting a commitment, which is against NCAA rules, which I think is ridiculous. You should be able to tweet. If a kid commits, you should be able to tweet it out and all this and that, like they're committing to you it should be an exciting thing. You should be able to celebrate with them. Uh, but the NCAA is moronic in their stance on that and many other things. Don't get me started on that. Another one of the things, one of the women's basketball players accepted a $40 gift for her birthday, um, and then was reported ineligible by the NCAA until she gave a $40 donation to the charity of her choice. So it just, just ridiculous. Um. But I, I mean, rules are rules. Um, you have to abide by them. But there's, I, I will say, uh, you guys know who've listened to me frequently, I'm a former head college basketball coach. And I had to deal with many, many rules and many, many things. And there, there, there's so many rules that the NCAA has in place that it's almost impossible to follow all of them and not break simple little ones like the sub retweets and all that like that that in itself is just moronic that stance but like i said rules are rules but i will say if 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 you get punished for doing these little things i can speak to a million other things that are way worse that get swept under the rug i i can tell you stories for days but that's neither here nor there but at the same time rules are rules you got to follow them but hey, let's not be moronic about this. Like, let's, the NCA. I mean, we, we could go on and on about the NCA and their stance on things and how we don't agree with it, but it's, it's just crazy. <clears throat> but then on a positive note, UConn reported um, that their APR was released. There are five teams with perfect multi-year APR rates, which is, which is unbelievable. Um, The overall APR for UConn's athletic program was 992 out of 1,000. So unbelievable what UConn was able to do in the APR ratings. Uh, 14 teams had a perfect single year this past year. Men's basketball, women's basketball. Go down the line, so many. um, It's difficult for football in these circumstances because there's so many people, so many guys in the football program that it's hard to to not get it it's hard to get a perfect apr in general so i mean to have 14 teams do it in one year and have a athletic department average of 992 is mind-blowing and deserves a bravo and standing ovation for the university of yukon athletic department ad benedict should be absolutely thrilled by how well the huskies have done um in that regard so now I will go into my coaches corner segment uh, with discussing Rhett Lashley from SMU um, another younger coach offensive minded guy um, he was a quarterback at Arkansas in the early 2000s uh, if you guys remember that he's only 39 years old so I mean he's not much older than I am uh, was a high school coach after he was done playing at Arkansas, then became a GA at Arkansas, GA at Auburn. And then in 2011, he got his first full-time coaching role as the offensive coordinator at Samford. Then, year later, goes to Arkansas State as the offensive coordinator. Then becomes the offensive coordinator at Auburn from 2003 to 2016. Um, same role at UConn in 2017, then 2018-2019, same thing at SMU. 2020 2021 same thing at miami and Leads to him now getting the head coaching job at smu, so I mean that trajectory of Rising the ranks as an offensive corner at the fc fcs level g5 SEC level at auburn goes to uconn then to smu back into the acc so I mean this is a guy a tremendous offensive mind in a Guru of quarterbacks, and he's got a heck of a guy to to give pointers to and develop a little bit. And Tanner Mordecai, I mean Tanner Mordecai. That's why I said earlier that I think he's going to get over five thousand yards passing and fifty touchdowns this year in that offense. I, I, it, it's going to be bananas what he's going to be able to do um, with Rhett Lashley now leading him and guiding him and helping him. Um as I always do in this segment I look at the year before. SMU had a really good year last year 8 and 4. They o- they only went 4 and 4 in the conference though. So they got to do better there. They beat they throttled Abilene Christian, throttled North Texas. They won at Louisiana Tech only by 2. They won at TCU, which is huge for them. Throttled USF. Won at Navy by 7. Beat Tulane handily. So they started off the year they were 7 and 0 and then they they ended the year 8 and 4. So they started out 7 and 0, lost at Houston by 7, lost at Memphis by 3. They throttled UCF, lost at Cincinnati. So I mean, obviously you can see their schedule was backloaded and then they lost to Tulsa at the end of the year by 3. And then their bowl game, the Fenway Bowl was canceled against Virginia. So, started the year 7 and 0, finished 8 and 4. So, uh they got to finish stronger obviously, but a heck of a start to the year last year and uh looking at their schedule this year, they open up at North Texas, then they got Lamar, they go to Maryland, and then they host TCU for their non-conference schedule. So, playing two power five programs you got one in TCU coming to town I think if they're able to go three and one in that and I do think it's possible for them to win all four of those games I really really do Um, then they start conference play at UCF so I mean in a three-week stretch they play at Maryland host TCU and at US at UCF that's a that's a big deal if they're if they're able to start the season like like they did last year, look out. Then they host Navy, host Cincinnati, go to Tulsa, host Houston, go to South Florida, to Tulane, and then they host Memphis. With this offense and the firepower that they're going to have, don't put it past them to win ten games and maybe win this conference. That they are they're going to be that good. Looking at their uh, recruiting aspect. Um, Middle of the pack in the conference had a really 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 strong transfer group though 17th nationally in the transfer uh, Realm they had a four-star recruit tight end from Southlake Carroll obviously if you know that program, you know what they mean to the world of high school football and college football R.J. Maryland is Probably gonna come in and be a key component in that offense signed up I mean obviously they get a bunch of guys from the state of Texas a uh, kid from Washington D.C., but uh, then a kid from Alabama, a kicker. But then looking at their their transfers, they did a tremendous job. Velton Gardner coming in from Kansas at the running back position. They did a tremendous job getting a couple of guys from the University of Texas. Calvante Dixon at wide receiver, David Abarie at defensive end, Chris Adamaro at safety. Uh, Just just a tremendous job by by them Uh, Bo Corrales from North Carolina at wide receiver Um, Some more P5 guys offensive tackle from Virginia linebacker from Minnesota tight end from Michigan State offensive lineman from Georgia uh, Running back from Alabama wide receiver from Mississippi State So I mean the they and then a linebacker from Oklahoma State just a tremendous job by them via the transfer portal adding some guys that are really going to do some great things for them and a guy from my neck of the woods and shannon reed who comes from illinois state who who i know had a great year last year there so just this smu team is one to look out for and a, a group that i think is Going to do amazing I, I, I'm really really high on this SMU team and I'm really really high on Rhett Lashley as a head coach um, They have an opportunity once the AAC reshuffle happens I, I, I feel that They could run the conference if they really wanted to uh, there. I mean in Dallas I mean they just they have a perfect setup to do some amazing things And I think they're going to put themselves in a really good position when it comes to The next shape up for conference realignment. I mean, I don't see a reason why um, The Big 12 might come calling Um, TCU might have something to say about that because they're in the Dallas Fort Worth Metroplex, but I think SMU is going to do tremendous in the AAC this year and well into the future so much so that I think Rhett Lashley might not be at SMU very long. I'll just say that. Now let's go on to my armchair quarterback segment where I'm now breaking down the Mountain West. Um, the couple of the teams that I have on the bottom, I have them on the bottom just because their quarterback situation is we don't know who it's going to be yet. So I put them at the bottom because of The unknown factor not because of the guy who it could be because I think the guy that it could be in a couple of those situations Could really do well and really move up this list, but I will say the top five or six Maybe even seven guys are guys that you get excited about at the quarterback position so I've already named a couple of them uh, with the underrated guys, but number 12 so I go from worst to first now worst is a bad way to put it but number 12 i'm going Nevada with their quarterback situation i'm only saying that because of how everyone transferred out and this you don't know they're they're a real unknown heading into the season um there's two guys fighting for the job nate cox started the bowl game last year he did as good as he could have in the situation he was put in um he's six nine so i mean he is a big dude um it'll be interesting to see what he can do but then another another guy uh transfer from oklahoma state shane illingsworth who started three games during his time at oklahoma state i think he has a real real shot to win this job just because of his experience and what he brings to the table so like i said i have them in the last position but i think illingsworth or cox depending on what this team does, like I said, they're such an unknown. That's why I put them at the bottom, just because I we don't know really what's going to happen from these guys. Uh, number eleven, I put Miles Kendrick from New Mexico. He's transferring in from Kansas. Uh, I put him at the bottom because of the terrible offensive line play that New Mexico got last year. Um, really. Was impossible for anybody to have any success. He start started two two games at Kansas. Played in seventeen games. He's a really terrific dual threat quarterback. Um, which, if he gets good offensive line, some or I don't I'm not gonna say good, but if he gets competent offensive line play, he could have some success. Uh, if he doesn't, though, it could get really really ugly. Next up is a team again where I'm just I put them here. The 10 spot just because of the question marks in, um, at the position and the unknown of the program is the University of Hawaii now I think Timmy Chang obviously is going to be a quarterback whisperer I would believe and do some amazing things with the quarterbacks he's gonna have um, Joey Yellen a pit transfer originally was at Arizona State as well uh, transferred in he he's trying to get a waiver to play I think if he gets it he's the guy um, just because of his pedigree but they also have a Washington State transfer in Cam and Copper or Cooper sorry who could also win the job as well um, they also have a returner but they're the only reason I put them at 10 like I said is the flux that's there you just don't know who, it, like I said if Yellen Gets granted eligibility, then I think he could be a top half quarterback in the Mountain West Conference. But time will tell. Uh, number nine, I went Clay Milan from Colorado State. Uh, he has a great family lineage. His brother is at UConn now. His dad played in the NFL. He's transferring him from Nevada. Uh, followed his head coach to Colorado State he's got a tremendously strong arm uh, He can he can run if he needs to The guy I would kind of compare him to from an NFL perspective just from looking at his film um, is Kirk Cousins The good Kirk Cousins <laughs> but uh, I think he'd have really really good success it's just that colorado state team you kind of don't know what you're going to get there so you, that's kind of why i ranked him a little lower as well um next up at at seven i i have another transfer with some great pedigree harrison bailey at unlv now harrison bailey transfers in from tennessee he's a former five-star recruit he was the number two ranked pro style quarterback in his class. And rankings mean nothing. I know that. But he comes in with a tremendous pedigree. And their starter last year, Cameron Friel, is back through for sixteen hundred eight yards, six touchdowns, but eleven interceptions. I don't think there's a chance that he beats out Harrison Bailey. Harrison Bailey's a guy who could really move up this list just because he has that potential. Um Number six Hawaii transfer Chevron Cordero um, Is at San Jose State now He left in the mass exodus um, That occurred at Hawaii um, And joins a San Jose State offense That Could do some damage. And obviously you're getting a guy who's Pretty much started for three years Two years for sure At Hawaii but A good amount of a third year um, so you're getting a guy who has plenty of experience and can really do some things uh, number five This is obviously the highest ranked service Academy quarterback because Hazek Daniels Is actually a quarterback he threw for over a thousand yards 1184 yards and seven touchdowns, which at a service Academy is unbelievable But this is a guy who really can throw the football. Now, he's a tremendous rusher, 734 yards and 11 touchdowns rushing. But the thing that sets him apart is the leadership aspect he brings and is why I am so high on Air Force and how they could potentially win the Mountain West Mountain Division. I I, I think his leadership and the tremendous running backs that they have, the sky's the limit for that team this year. Number four, I'm going with Hank Bachmeyer from Boise State. Um, Put up some gaudy numbers like every Boise State quarterback always does. Over 3,000 yards, 20 touchdowns. Expect more of the same um, for the man leading the Smurf turf. Um, A a really strong quarterback there. Uh, At third, uh, I put uh, another transfer, Braxton Burmeister from Virginia Tech. Now, he started every single game at Virginia Tech last year. So, San Diego State's getting a guy who started every game in the ACC. He's a San Diego native, so he's coming home. Threw for just under 2,000 yards, 14 touchdowns, only had four interceptions. Threw for 521 yards and had, or ran for 521 yards and had two touchdowns. So, this is a guy who can do a little bit of both. He's a dual threat type of guy. I think he's going to do wonders in that San Diego State offense. Um, and could Because if he was productive in the ACC, I think he's definitely going to be productive in the Mountain West. Number two, I'm going with Logan Bonner at Utah State. He could easily be number one if there wasn't the obvious number one in the Mountain West. Threw for thir- 3,628 yards and 36 touchdowns. Had an unbelievable year. Came over from Arkansas State with his head coach. Um, just... Great numbers. But I I have to give a shout-out to the Utah State quarterback room because the two guys behind him are talented. Cooper Lagash we saw in the bowl game after Bonner went down. He came in and played just lights out against Oregon State, just tremendous. Um, So it's in good hands with him. Then they had Levi Williams transfer him from Wyoming, Uh, just um, an amazing job There uh, Had 200 yards rushing Four touchdowns and one passing touchdown In the bowl game there for Wyoming um, So just a tremendous job for him And One guy I forgot to mention now Now that I'm looking at my list Is uh, Utah state uh, Got a transfer from Wyoming And Andrew Peasley coming in i had him down at number 10 i skipped him when i went to clay milan so i apologize for that so if you're going with my list number 12 is the nevada quarterback situation number 10 miles kendrick at new mexico number 11 sorry then number 10 is the hawaii quarterback situation nine is andrew peasley from Wyoming. eight is clay milan from colorado state 7 Harrison Bailey from UNLV 6 Siobhan Siobhan Cordero from San Jose State 5 Hazik Daniels from Air Force 4 Hank Bachmeyer from Boise State 3 Baxton Burmeister from San Diego State 2 Logan Bonner at Utah State and then number 1 very obvious I feel Jake Hayner from Fresno State this is the guy who should be starting at a P5 Um, decided not to and I applaud him for that Threw for over 4,000 yards last year and 33 touchdowns. The sky is the limit for him in this offense this year. and could he break records set by the Carr brothers? I think it's very possible. He's a tremendous quarterback. He's going to start in the NFL for many years, I feel. I think he's that good. But that's my armchair quarterback segment. Sorry for the confusion there with some of the some of the rankings there But uh, hopefully I cleared that up But uh, again Thank you guys so much for tuning in tonight uh, As always um, You can follow me personally At coach underscore bwill on twitter Please 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 follow the podcast Twitter account at tnt college foot one Again starting Monday June 20th I will be releasing breakdowns Two programs a day um, From Monday, June 20th, leading up to the college football season on August 27th. Um, I'll be starting in the AAC, do two a day alphabetically in the conference, move on to the next conference, so on and so forth. You will only get that on the podcast Twitter account at TNT College Football 1. So again, thank you guys for tuning in tonight. Have a good night. God bless.